Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 359. On this episode, we've got some renewal news, and then we'll be talking about recent episodes of 24 Legacy, Lethal Weapon, Riverdale, and Supergirl. Plus, we've got some TV recommendations at the end. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 359. I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com, and this week I have joining me... Oh, it's Aaron Peterson with The Hollywood Outsider. And I'm Tina with Tina Charles. With Oh, sorry. And I'm Tina Charles with TV Goodness. <laughs> I'm glad you're with yourself, that, Tina. That <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> Great start. All right. It's a Monday, okay? Yeah, it is definitely a Monday. But if they can screw up on the Oscars, you know, we can have a blooper Ooh. here or there. It's too that soon. Was, that was the greatest moment ever. I've never I, seen it that happen in my lifetime. I don't know if I ever will again, but that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah, just uh, watching that over a couple of times and just wondering, like, why Warren Beatty didn't say, no, 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 it doesn't say that. Because, <laughs> like, he was obviously confused by what it said, what, it, what he had. Uh, and then it went that far before somebody finally was like, no, this is not. <laughs> I think he thought that Faye Dunaway would agree with him. Yeah, there was. And he, I think he needed verification. He, he couldn't just trust his, his instincts and was hoping that Faye would back him up. And But, I mean, you know, millions and millions and millions of people are watching it. I don't think you want to say something like uh, there's something wrong here. Well, on live TV. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's That had to have been better than what happened. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it did look like he's saying to Faye, hey, look at this. Am I, it's not senility, right? This is just the wrong thing. Yeah, he and, like and, at, he's like, look, he like opened the envelope like a second time to see if there was like something else in there. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, it was uh, yeah, that was, that was I, something else. And I then, was stunned. He basically showed it to her, like, see, this is why I'm not saying anything. And she was like, mm-hmm. she just saw, like, the movie name and just, like, read it off. Like, oh, he was man. goofing around or something. And, oh, man. And then she got off stage fairly quickly. I mean, the cast of La La Land and Moonlight were up there. And I was looking for Faye Dunaway. And I saw her nowhere. It was pretty funny. And then, you know, I thought it was great of uh, Warren Beatty to get up there and explain what happened from his perspective. Uh, I felt bad for him. I felt bad for Faye. I felt bad for the for everybody who was up there on stage. Yes. Yes. And no, I'm kind of like of a split mind on that one because. Yeah, he he did go up and he immediately said, hey, it was my mistake to a degree. But he also threw, yeah, but I got the wrong card. Somebody else's fault. I mean, it was kind of, I don't know. <laughs> but it's kind of true. I mean, he got the wrong card. Yeah, it was just a well, mess all the way around. Yeah. But I still think he should have he should have said, this doesn't, <laughs> this says, you know, best leading actress. Like <laughs> Exactly. That's yeah. what he should have done, yeah. yeah. This yeah. is the wrong card. Like, he should have just Agreed. said... They've, I think they've given me the wrong card, uh, or something, and and then had him. My favorite part is when when they they were a couple of the producers were aware by mid speech that they hadn't won that it was actually Moonlight, and they <laughs> kept 
giving speeches and until somebody finally said, no, 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 it's moonlight. I'm like, what, what, what is that? Oh, the first thing I just thought of was Steve Harvey. <laughs> like, and then Jimmy Kimmel said something about Steve Harvey. That so was perfect. Yeah. And the, the number of people that just like turned it off as soon as the, the winner was announced <laughs> and then mm-hmm. barely woke up and be, wait, what? <laughs> Who won? I think that's the same thing that happened with the, um, uh, was it Patriots and the Falcons? You know, they left and then, and then, and then the Patriots came back at the very end. Didn't Mark Wahlberg like leave the stadium already before Brady came back? Is it, I never leave a sporting event ever. I don't care. Yeah. I paid my money to sit there. I'm, I'm watching it till the final. I've seen enough of those type of things where people have like left and they're in their cars listening to it on the radio when there's a like the comeback of all comebacks or something like that. And you're like, but you had a ticket and you missed it. You know, you never know what's going to happen. So, mm-hmm. but with that, we'll move into yeah, always the stay till news. the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which stay till the end of the podcast. Uh, we've got some stuff for you. A few new news items. Uh, first up, Amazon has, I don't know exactly how to turn it like fortitude sort of been renewed for a second season, uh, but it's been picked up by, uh, Amazon for a second season and it'll be an Amazon original as of its second season. You never saw the first season of fortitude, <laughs> <laughs> which not a lot people, a lot of people did here. In the states, I can't even remember. Did it play on like Pivot or? I can't it's even rem- Pivot, yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, it was it was really good. Filmed in this small town that's you know isolated from everything else, and it's just you know like ice and snow uh, all the time. And then uh, there's some sort of you know there's both a murder and some sort of outbreak uh, taking place. You know, in the first season, and uh, the first season's available on Amazon. Uh, Prime that uh, you can watch, but you know that was like 2015 or something like that. It's a, uh, I believe it's a British production. Well, that's nothing then. I mean, but, Sherlock comes out once every 12 years, yeah. so so it'll be back for a second season sometime towards <laughs> yeah. the end of, sometimes towards the uh, end of uh, end of this year. Uh, so if you enjoyed the first season, you have that uh, to look forward to. Dennis Quaid, Dennis Quaid joined the second yeah. season, so that's and Wait, what? yet another thing to look forward to. Yeah, um, oh, I was oh, just man. reading about it. Yeah, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I might have to catch up on the first season and then and join in on the second season. I will watch Dennis Quaid read um, a phone book, honestly, or look at wallpaper. I don't care. <laughs> I like Dennis Quaid a lot. He's amazing. He is amazing. I don't know why, but he is. His brother, not so much. But him, he's great. <laughs> uh, all right. Next up on the list, uh, Fox went on a little bit of a a renewal spree this last week, uh, mm-hmm. where they renewed a Lethal Weapon, The Mick, and Star all for uh, second seasons. And I haven't really watched uh, any of Star, uh, but. I'm kind of liking the Mick, and I'm really liking Lethal Weapon. Uh, yes, which we're yeah. also going to talk about uh, a little bit more here when we get to the Prime Time segment. So I was really happy to see that uh, getting picked up. How about either of you? I'm, Obviously- I'm, I'm 
I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for them to renew pitch. That's what I'm waiting <laughs> yeah, for. I need <laughs> them to renew pitch. I've heard that's a really good show, but I have not watched it. It is so good, and yeah, it, I still have a couple episodes I, on the I, DVR, but I, I think I need to give it another chance. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think it's the type. The of, cast is great. I think it's the type of low-rated show uh, that you you do sort of take a chance on uh, because of how good it is. You know that right. uh, mm-hmm. that there is potential for I don't know getting other type. You know. Get, it gets some critical praise and, and things like that. It has, even though it might not be, I don't know, like a big ratings uh, type thing or a big money maker. It's one of those that I think has still has like some potential that you can't just kill everything. You, every once in a while, you got to give something down there uh, a shot. And, uh, you know, like, uh, like NBC used to do. When they were when they were on the bottom, and they would, you know, you can't cancel everything. So I need the world to binge season one of Pitch, and for Fox to renew it for a second season. Um, you know, because it also has the backing of Major League Baseball. It has a great cast. Mark Paul Gossler is doing some of his best work ever. Well, that's not really a big. You're not using like a, that's not a big cannon. You're pulling. <laughs> I know, that. I know, but still. <laughs> You know, you know, between NYPD Blue and Saved by the Bell, this guy is killing it. <laughs> I liked him on P- NYPD Blue. I liked him, but I wouldn't call him like an acting powerhouse. What are you, you're leaving no, out. He's not. He's he's not, which is why I'm impressed by him on pitch. So, <laughs> I mean, you're you're leaving out. Uh, what was his TNT show called? Uh, where he was the his what? He was the, the lawyers. Yeah, yeah, the lawyer show. What was that? Oh, um, something uh, and something. Two yeah. names. Yeah. Two names. <laughs> See, really, again, powerful acting. <laughs> right. yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Made and I impression. won't talk about the NBC sitcom he had last year, Franklin and Bash. Yeah, Franklin and Bash. Frank, Franklin and Bash. Yeah, the, yeah, which, and... I, which I did watch. <laughs> uh, all right. And then lastly on the list. Uh, history has renewed six uh, for a second season, so there will be more of their uh, Navy SEAL drama, which I kind of, I kind of liked the first episode, uh, but apparently it wasn't enough to get me to continue to watch because they're like seven episodes in now and I haven't watched anymore. I want to see that just because Walton Goggins is on it in some form. Isn't that the one that he pops in on for yeah, for a little bit? Yeah, he ends up uh, being like a former uh, SEAL that like gets taken, yeah, gets captured or something like that, and they're trying to find him or whatever is part of the the thing. If you put him and Dennis Quaid in the same show, <laughs> I would never miss it. <laughs> that would actually be pretty awesome, uh, wouldn't it? It sounds like the best show ever. And then throw Kurt Russell yeah. in as like a supporting character, and it's the best TV show ever made. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So that's uh, that's our news. That's uh, all of the uh, different things that uh, were renewed. So all, you know, all good news this uh, this week. If you're a fan of of any of those shows, uh, and we'll move on to the uh, primetime segment. Uh, we got four shows we're talking about uh, this week. First up, starting with uh, Twenty Four Legacy, 
Uh, season one, episode four, uh, 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. is the uh, last one uh, that aired. And uh, Aaron, this was uh, one of the shows on your list. What what are you thinking about 24? Here we are. Uh, well, what are, what is it actually like? Uh, it's 12 episodes, right? So. Mm-hmm. I, at 12 or 13 i don't remember i think it's 12 yeah, yeah I think we're, it's 12. so we're like uh we're a third <laughs> we're a third of the way through the season what are you thinking about uh this oh. new version of of 24 man the first and i i should preface i am a huge 24 fan i love 24 i even love designated survivor which is basically west wing meets 24 and, and um I gave the show a fair shot. The first two hours, I think, were actually pretty good. I like Corey Hawkins quite a bit. I think he's a he's a good actor. Surprised me because outside of Straight Outta Compton, I hadn't seen him do much that really impressed me at all. And he really, I think, he holds his own. I think he carries his show. Everything else is really getting ridiculous, though. I mean, and that's <laughs> saying a lot for Twenty Four because it's already <laughs> stretching a lot. I mean. This this recent hour, you had, I mean, you had Gerald McRaney's in the show. So as soon as I saw he was even in the show, I'm like, well, he's bad. He's gonna, he's bad because he's Gerald McRaney, and he can't not be a bad guy anymore. Since Jericho, he's on a slope of all villainous roles of some sort. You have so, not watched This Is Us. I have I not watched Captain, This Is Us. No, yeah, I've because watched, he actually played a good guy on that one. Oh, just wait. I'm sure he'll kill someone before it's over. <laughs> yeah, he'll come back, even if he's not out anymore. They'll bring him back just so he can kill someone because it just seems <laughs> like where he's at. And it, I love, I love him as like I literally love Joe McGrady. I think he's a great actor, and he just keeps. I mean, he, Longmire, he got thrown to the wolves in that show, and he just keeps to. He just keeps showing up and stuff where I'm like, well, yeah, he's going to be the shit. Yeah. <laughs> and of course this episode, they proved that, that, that dad is, you know, in on it, which is the dumbest plot twist ever. Um, I think, I, I just think the whole thing is ridiculous. And it, yeah, it, it came and they came in the third episode. Like that's the, like, that's the first twist to the, the thing. It, mm-hmm. it came in the third episode that, that at least us as the audience know, uh, that that's the uh, that that's the case. We just don't find out his reasoning until this episode, right? They just they already played that card. <laughs> I'm like, there's there's not even any tension with it. It's already over with. Um, I, I didn't I didn't like that at all. And I I thought how I actually like how they had Jimmy Smith's character handle it. I think that was probably the smart call to. He's, he's actually going to address it. I'm not going to just hide this or do what most 24 characters do, which is, oh, i got to protect Dad. No, you're like, oh, Dad, you screwed up. It's not my fault. I'm going to. Um, but that whole that whole thing, it just really took me out of enjoying the show. And then the thing with uh, the girlfriend and, and the boy and the teacher and whatever is going on with that needs to really get wrapped up ASAP that plot line is killing that show. That's my, that's what I think. What did you think, Jason? I mean, are, are, are you on board with the new 24? I mean, and I really love 24 and I want to see Corey Hawkins and especially because I have another character that I can't wait to see. So I don't want to leave it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've, I guess I'm still enjoying it. I can't disagree with really anything you said <laughs> here in the last, uh, you know, a couple episodes. 
we've had a couple episodes now where uh, you want to kind of see uh, we should be following Corey Hawkins uh, or what's his name? Uh, now all I can think of is <laughs> is it is it Carter? Uh, yes, in the Carter. Show? Eric, Eric Eric Carter. Yeah, that we should be following. Uh, we should be following his wife around because she's she's kind of a badass herself. Like <laughs> she should be involved on uh, on taking taking these things down. Uh, oh, that that plot line too. Oh my god. <laughs> that, yeah. No. Um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> some of it that the whole the whole thing revolved around like him actually getting them to download find the audio of a call that some somebody made and they can just do this for, I mean, it ends up saving his brother or whatever, but this is a thing that CTU can just do. Like they can just <laughs> randomly and go out to the database and pull out a, a call segment. And apparently uh, none of the, whoever did it, didn't listen to it. They just shipped it on, you know, to the, yeah, exactly. You know, to the, uh, to the person. So there's, you know, there's things like that that get a little, uh, a little bothersome. And, uh, but they also have to, to keep with the real time thing, they have to find other things to fill time uh, when, uh, you know, they're traveling from someplace to another. So it doesn't seem overly ridiculous that, you know, that Carter's able to get, you know, wherever he was, you know, at the, uh, you know, outside the subway station there and stuff like that, back to wherever CTU headquarters is, you know, everybody's able to get back there uh, in a timely fashion. Uh, you know, so it doesn't seem overly ridiculous that, uh, mm-hmm. that they're doing that. So they have to find things to fill in. Uh, but so far that's those other storylines that they're filling things in with have not been, were, it was kind of interesting, like, in the beginning, like, you see, you know, he left and got out. You know, he left that light, life, but his brother, you know, has become, uh, you know, a big drug dealer uh, in, mm-hmm. the, in the area. And, and so, and that's where he goes to, you know, to protect his wife because that's the only, you know, in the situation that he's in. He doesn't know who else he can trust. He's hoping at least family, uh, you know, and that was interesting backstory and interesting things. But then where they've gone with that is just another, you know, sort of like drug dealers after drug dealers, you know, people trying to get theirs you know, or whatever. Yeah, it's it's really not good in that respect. I mean, I'll, the main main plot's good. The, the one lady gets gets jealous. And so mm-hmm. she decides that. Her jealousy is not, that she's also going to like have the guy murdered. <laughs> Very quickly, she decides yeah. that. I mean, it didn't <laughs> take no time. Uh, you know, and 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 cut herself in on the deal. Yeah, it, just some of that stuff that's happening, and yeah, the whole storyline of the you know the high school kid and his girlfriend and the teacher and making some sort of bomb or whatever you know, chemicals they have him uh, putting together. And I'm not a big fan of, I mean, I guess, you know, it, it sort of works this way in these type of shows. They always have the, you know, the guy that's put in charge that for whatever reason is always in cover his ass mode type of thing. 
mm-hmm. or something. Like <laughs> he doesn't want to take a chance on this, but they literally have like nothing else, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> and they don't know that uh, that they that they got good fortune that the uh, the list was corrupted and it's going to take them a while to try and rebuild it. So the idea that they would just completely shut that down and then he has to now break him and Grimes out of CTU to to go put this plan in motion is sort of bothersome because you want you sort of want them to have his back, you know, like mm-hmm. not be also looking for him uh, in in these things. So I like you said, I do like him. Uh, I think he's he's good in the lead, and I I like some of the things that they've set up. But then they keep doing these, uh, like really the police station robbery was kind of ridiculous. Oh, and, by a know, mile, yeah. And then now, you know, breaking out of CTU type of thing because he apparently he you know he because he needed Grimes as well to be able to make the introduction, so he has to you know take out some guards. And uh, why are the guards at CTU so well trained that they can be taken out in one <laughs> in one blow? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. Th- that, that's, that's just the, the whole thing. Is that it, it's a good sh- it has a good crux to the show. I mean, where it's going is interesting. I'm I'm glad that it's not a the end of the, the end of the world kind of scenario. We're building up to whatever the big threat is. But you have so many subplots that are really not good or thought out and the wife and the brother i don't think are good i don't think the girlfriend who's been chasing this boyfriend who read her out for the last three episodes or whatever that whole story is just killing the show and then you've got you know the jimmy smith who who his wife is rebecca ingram great coincidence you'd think they do better security on their shady dad but uh that whole scenario so it's like Three soap opera plots with a somewhat cool terrorist twist. It's just, it's really hurting the show. But I, I also didn't like that. I, I did like that that he stuck up for was it Nila or Nyla? That he, that yes. he just couldn't buy it. No, I really liked I, him. I, I wish that like some other, you know, like like maybe his wife wouldn't have been like so quick to jump on it. Like she'd be like. Yeah. Maybe like, this lady that helped get us to this yeah, point. Yeah. Like she should know her just as well and and maybe want to question her and stuff like that, but not from a like you're definitely guilty standpoint uh, mm-hmm. type of thing. Like not even entertaining the possibility that sh- she could be being set up. Right. It's those type of things that, that bother me. So I was glad that at least he felt that something was off. And then when he talked to his dad, he felt like there was something off there. And you know, went about, you know, looking into it himself, uh, you know, to find out what's, uh, what's going on. I'm also really bummed out that apparently the NSA can look at a video and figure out that it's, that it's been faked, but, but the, but CTU can't with all their giant technology and super smart people. Uh, that's a little, those, it's those type of things. There's, there has been so far too many things that sort of pull you out of it and you start going, I know this is an extreme situation and they're, you know, they're going for uh, the drama of it, but even in the heightened reality world that they've set up here, would that happen? 
Like, mm-hmm. is that a no, thing? No, I'll, <laughs> I'll answer it. No, no. And, and, no. Yeah, and too many times I think the answer is no. And I mm-hmm. think that's been the flaw so far of this season. But, you know, it's a short season. It's 24. So it's not like I'm necessarily going to just stop watching. But I haven't... I'm not as into it now as I was after the first episode. Like I thought the first episode was a good setup Same uh, here. for introducing Same here. this new, uh, you know, this new world, uh, you know, different character and stuff, uh, you know, heading up the show. And I didn't expect him to necessarily falter this fast. <laughs> so yeah, that's, uh, uh, that's 24 legacy. And uh, next up another Monday night show. Supergirl, Season 2, Episode 13. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. They said it like 12 times on the show, and I still have no idea how you pronounce it. I wrote it down. I wrote down the pronunciation. Mixus Pitalik. Yeah, <laughs> Mixus Pitalik. I like, they just call him, they just start calling him Mixy, like right from the start. <laughs> like, like, it's just so much, like, it's so much easier. I did, I did like that they pulled this character into... You know, into this world because I, I mean, my only real attachment to this character is like from some of the Superman or like Justice League cartoons, like way back in the day. But, uh, but at least it, it, you know, it was something that, you know, they pulled from that I actually had, had actually had heard of before. You know, there's a lot of things they pull into the, into these things that, you know, if you're a huge comic book fan, you might, you might know some or whatever. But. uh so what did you think of this episode, Tina? This uh, this big a- Valentine's Day episode. Yeah, it was a Valentine's Day episode, so of course, no surprise, it all focused on couples and well in one case a triangle because Mixus Pitalik shows up from the he's from the he's a being from the fifth dimension, an imp, and he arrives and he wants to marry Kara, like instantly have a relationship with her without getting to know her, without anything. Well, I don't know. Who uh, wouldn't, you know, really? <laughs> what? I said, who wouldn't, really? I mean. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I mean, he'd watched her from afar or something like that, like across the dimensions. And uh, he realized that he needs to be with her. And in his way is Monel. Um, Chris Wood, who's been around all season long, and we know that Cara and Manel have been inching their way to having something between the two of them. And they're actually pretty set on actually getting together. And um, so that was one story. The other, There's two other stories. There's one with Alex and Maggie, who everyone loves, and, of course, one of them has big issues with Valentine's Day. Alex is super excited about it because she usually doesn't have somebody for Valentine's Day. And she's excited to finally have somebody to share share this day with. Meanwhile, Maggie, the cop, hates Valentine's Day. So that's something that Alex has to figure out. And then there's Wynn, who is has pretty much, you know, in season one, he had a crush on Kara. Of course, that went nowhere. And, uh, I mean, he's found his purpose with the, with the um, this season with the D- DOA, right? Is it D? No, D- DEO? Yeah, What's DEO. it called? Yeah, the DEO. DEO. 
Right. And DOA. Um, <laughs> D-O- <laughs> um, and but he's at that alien bar and he actually ends up making connection with um, this alien from Starhaven, a planet that he's actually heard of and you know, wants to visit someday. And, and yeah, it turns out Wynn has a type. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so she's pretty badass. He, she saves him right away because two aliens are trying to bully Wynn. And so so they sort of embark on a little, like a date. But, um, I mean, they're cute. I mean, what did you think, Jason? They're pretty cute, yeah? Yeah, well, I like that they gave, you know, it kind of comes out of nowhere, but I kind of like that they gave Wynn, you know, something besides just the, the, the work aspect Right. You know, to to give they basically gave everybody all the main for the most part. Well, I feel I feel bad because John, his girl is, you know, back on Mars. Decides to head back. He gets no loving. And James isn't even in the episode at all. So I know a lot of people have been sort of upset with his direction this season and the fact that he's a guardian and he's a vigilante. Um, which to me, I've, I like only because it gives him something to do and he's just not standing around. (laughs) Um, but I, I would have liked to have seen him in this episode, but that was, that was my, my only real problem with it. But the main, the main story was Kara Manal and Mixus Pitalik and Mixus Pitalik was trying to, do whatever he could to woo Kara um, or make some sort of connection, instant connection with her because he really just wanted to marry her. I mean, he would, he would conjure up villains from her past so they could fight (laughs) them together. together. (laughs) He even dressed up like Superman, which made me super sad because I really wanted to see Tyler Hecklin back on the show. So, yeah, but, but also uh, sort of a weird thing. Like, why would you dress up as her cousin to try and yeah. <laughs> like that's uh, you know that, that that was a little much. I I did like. I thought he did a good job, you know, of you know playing that that character. I like that they, at least in this, you know, in this world or this universe, uh, they set it up as the sort of magic that you see is not not magic. It's just that. Hit from where he's from, he has the ability to bend, you know, your reality. Reality. So you, and so there was, you know, so they they still left the idea of magic out on uh, on Supergirl's planet, and so you know that was kind of interesting. Uh, I liked that she, you know, figured out, you know, how to uh, get him to say his name backwards. Right, that worked. I I love anytime, anytime any of the Superman shows or Supergirl go to the Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> I love that, or the or the movies even. Yeah, but the whole thing of of you know he sets it up himself early on by saying that you know from where he's from, if you know writing it down is uh, you know the same is the same as saying it or whatever, and so she gets him to enter in his name as the code to stop the fortress from blowing them both up. Uh, and, uh, you know, it sends him back to his, uh, to his dimension. Uh, so, you know, that, that was pretty good. I liked that she was, 
you know, sort of playing, you know, the long con there and telling Monel off and everything because she knew that he was <laughs> yeah. probably watching and could hear what, you know, they were doing. And and Manel believed her. Yeah, I thought it was really good because it, it did set her up as the hero, as the the person that figured it out. While the, as a team, they have to come together a lot of times to solve some of these things. I, I like see, you know, they continue to grow that character and, you know, her, because she's only been really being a superhero now for a little over a year, you know, or right. so, you know, so seeing her continue to grow, grow her abilities and, and, uh, you know, out thinking, you know, the, the, the imp from the fifth dimension, uh, and stuff like that was, you know, was, a was a really good, you know, good ending. And then they gave you all the you know, sort of the happy Valentine's Day endings of. Well, a little bit before, uh, yeah, a little bit before Kara was able to talk to Maggie kind of and and tell Maggie that she needs to figure out her stuff because Alex actually really does love Valentine's Day. And then maybe she might want to get with that as well. And uh, yeah, like my sister's not the one that needs to do all the changing in this relationship, you know, type of thing. You know, as as you guys continue, I was okay forward. with that. Yeah, so that uh, uh, that worked. I thought the prom ending was a little a little too much. Yeah, that might have been, <laughs> been a little too far. I mean, the uh, uh, the dress they put her in. I mean, that was I was okay with that. Right. But yeah, that that may have went you know like a little bit too far uh, the other direction. But then you know, I liked. Yeah, I, I liked. I liked Wynn and his new sort of alien potential girlfriend there <laughs> and him sort of talking about like, you know, she was sort of surprised that, you know, he called her again, that her, her yeah, experience. This is like inter, interspecies dating here. <laughs> her experience has been that people are just looking for the experience, not necessarily wanting to get to know her or anything. And you know, and then, you know, when sort of win, wins his way through, you know, like, he just, like, keeps talking and talking. And he's like, he wants talking. to take it slow. Yeah, yeah. He keeps, like, talking and talking, and he's like, I have to stop talking now. <laughs> like, this is... Uh, I like yeah. that little... I like the conversation when he's like, well, let's just take it slow. And she's like, okay, um, let's go back to my place or your place. <laughs> Uh, yeah, slow in her culture is definitely different <laughs> than. Uh, but I don't think he minds her yeah. definition of slow. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and then they had Magan deciding to go back uh, to Mars to see if she can find others like her that, you know, in the with the White Martians that are not, you know, not up on that. So. It wasn't all happy endings necessarily uh, as uh, yeah. uh, at the end, but I don't know. I thought that wasn't, I thought that was an okay arc uh, for there. I, I'm assuming that we'll probably end up uh, seeing her again, uh, that that might not necessarily go totally well. <laughs> right. It probably won't. I mean, their whole relationship really hasn't gone very well and they didn't give him a lot of time to just sort of, see what was going to happen between them before she was off. Yeah. Before she basically beamed up to the spaceship and was, uh, and was gone. But I don't know. I, I continue to enjoy the show. I think they have sort of on the flash 
side of things of the more fun uh, type of uh, aspects to the show. And Melissa Benoist is just fantastic. Like you can just you can just watch oh, her on so screen good. all day. I mean, I mean they put her they put her in that Verrowing wedding dress. I was like. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, I like when he just like snaps his fingers and she's in a wedding dress and he, she's like, You can't do that. And he's like, But it's Vera Wang. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. And I like that he snapped, uh, he snapped and he made Monel disappear and he shows up at the DEO <laughs> and in just his underwear. Yeah. That uh, was pretty they fun. Just, uh, they they have they have some fun within these, you know, but still have some serious you know, storylines and stuff going along, but uh, it's just an, it's just an enjoyable hour of TV or 43 minutes of TV. Yeah. It's so much fun. It's not perfect. They still, I still think they need to work on James, figure something out with him. Yeah. I, I don't have Um, a problem with where they went. I have a problem with like how fast they got there. Cause yes. Cause there was, if there had been something in the first season, I mean, obviously he's a, big strong guy but we see almost nothing in like the first season where there was a one scene where he was like boxing or whatever like punching the punching bag where we have some understanding that he has some sort of fight skills or 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 something it just seemed like they they whole cloth that out just you know wrote that backstory in like oh by the way He's also a really, you know, he's yeah. been training. <laughs> yeah. He's been training to fight for, for years now and just now deciding to, you know, to do something with it. That was, that's been yeah, a, a well, little I... much. But now that they've gotten into it, I don't mind it so much. You know, it was just, I, right. it's like how they got there. I mean, it was similar to all those, well, similar but different to uh, like uh, Black Canary. Laurel, yes. On on Arrow, where in that case they completely forgot about her past and any training she had in the past, and and she, and she went into you know her vigilante training like like she was going into it from scratch. Yet we clearly <laughs> saw her have self defense and training and skills in earlier seasons, uh, which somehow uh, disappeared uh, as this as the season went along. So. Uh, they're not necessarily, uh, as a group, great at developing some of these things when no, they get these ideas. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't need James to go on this Oliver Queen-type journey. Uh, but I need him to do something. Like, we need to see him yeah, go well, through I, something. Well, I just wish that similar. they would have had this idea in the first season, and they could have put things in along the way here and there uh, to see that he was more than just, you know, a photographer. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but on top of that, the fact on top of that, the fact that in the first episode of this season, Kara and James pretty much said they're going to be friends, but ever since they haven't shared really that many scenes. I don't like that either, but yeah, well, maybe oh, this episode all. or somewhere along the line, they they kind of come back around as to uh, in the last couple episodes here to you know can we actually be friends again? Like, and they're going to have game night and stuff. So, like, maybe now that Caro's come around a little bit on his vigilante activities and stuff, that maybe they won't be as separated uh, as they've yeah. been so far this season. 
because while they didn't necessarily have the romantic chemistry necessarily, I thought they did, but I'm not. I know I'm in the minority. <laughs> I mean, they can always. I mean, I think Melissa Benoist could probably have chemistry with anybody. Like, I think she's just she can. Uh, she can. She's just a, a really good actress, and and uh, so, but yeah, they just kind of uh, you know tossed that off the side, which was. You know, so abruptly, which was maybe a good idea, but also it it took them as sort of the friend duo, which was also interesting dynamic, you know, and one of the few people that know her real identity and stuff like that, just like out of the picture for a lot of the uh, the season. So yeah, hopefully they I can really, turn that around. yeah, I really enjoyed that about the first season that he she can turn to him, and I know that she's been a hero longer and can figure things out for herself. But that was still a good dynamic that we had the first season that isn't present in the second season. But um, I'm still, you know, there's still several episodes left. We'll see what happens with that. But as you said, this season has been very enjoyable. Yes. All right. So that'll do it for Supergirl. And we'll move on to the uh, next show on the list, uh, which uh, also hit some, you know, some serious uh, ideas while also being uh, really fun uh, as well. And that's uh, Lethal Weapon, uh, Season 1, Episode 16, Unnecessary Roughness. And uh, Aaron, what are – you're obviously uh, liking uh, Lethal Weapon. Love it. I love it. I don't like it. I love it. Clay I'm Crawford. a little bit. Are you? Oh, my God. This show is so fun, and I never wanted to watch it because I was so against it. I was like, that guy, and now watching Lethal Weapon, you're not going to do Merton Riggs like that. And now I, I kind of am of the mindset that Clayne Crawford might be better at rigs than Mel Gibson was. I don't care how sacrilege it is. Yeah, I, wow. I, I was never, I, I'm, me personally, I'm never against any of these things. I don't, I don't care if they reboot something, redo something, uh, re-emit, image something. I only care whether the end product ends up being good or not. And. Mm-hmm. And while there has been things that, you know, haven't gone uh, great, things that are quote unquote original fail just as spectacularly <laughs> as something this is true. based on. Yeah. There's like no, <laughs> there's like no real difference. It's not like you know you hear somebody say, oh, you know, and list off a bunch of shows uh, that are reboots that like failed, and you're just like, well, I can list off like you know, a hundred shows <laughs> that weren't reboots that also failed in the same time period. So to me, I just only care whether it ends up being uh, good or not. And I find this thoroughly enjoyable. I think the Riggs character uh, that they've created in here uh, is, is, is really good. I think Clint Crawford is fantastic mm-hmm. uh, uh, in the role. And I like the, you know, I'm always in for a good buddy cop, you know, type of thing. And so, you know, that yeah, dynamic and- is, is, is turned into be really good here, you know, now that they've, you know, worked with each other for a little bit and, uh, you know, but what else are you, uh, why do you love it so much, Aaron? Well, a, because they overcame my love of the movies, <laughs> which is a lot. I mean, I, that's a lot. And Damon Wayans, I was really iffy on for, for the first few episodes. Cause I thought, wow, I mean, Clayne Crawford, he's playing this role similar, but completely unique. Um, which I love. I absolutely love that. 
And he's also, he's given an edge to it, a, a dramatic edge that I think Gibson had in the first movie, but after that first movie, they kind of just got away from that completely. And here, because you have more episodes, you have more time to actually develop a character and whatnot, less less comedic. They're able to actually have those those moments, those hits of, of fun and bursts of action and stuff and still have a, like a layered character, which is what they're doing. And, it, and it's really good. But also because it's a throwback to like 80s, those 80s buddy cop <laughs> and crime solving, Simon and Simon, stuff like that. Yeah, the, show, the shows of that time when the original movies came out. So, I mean, I just I, I love how every week there is like an underlying story that carries along, kind of. But it's I can watch it. It's fun. I don't have to think too hard. But I also feel like I get something out of it. It's not just mindless fluff. Yeah, I think they they do a good job on the, you know, the serious notes of, you know, him dealing with the loss of his wife and child and, you know, how they've, you know, how they've moved things along after, you know, he moves, uh, you know, out to L.A. Mm -hmm. I I just uh, I think they've done a really good job with that stuff. They have I'd have to say my only my only small complaint of the show is on the occasion that they go too big in and into the ridiculous for some of the action stuff. Yeah, sometimes. Because, yeah. because the Riggs character and some of the stuff that they have going, it like it's so grounded and so real and and then they jump out of like a fifteen story building into a pool. Well that's an homage to the original movie. <laughs> yeah, though, I, so I know but the second one. But that's like to me. I just look at it and go, uh, "That's so far," and that pool was so far from the building. <laughs> <laughs> like, if they, there's no way they even hit the pool. Even if hitting the pool would be the thing that saved them, I, I've watched too much MythBusters to know that <laughs> jumping into water from that distance, you might as well just hit the ground. Uh, but it's it's a few things like that. Although I do like like what. You, you're talking about there, though, that they, throughout the series so far, they've pulled out these sort of homages or mm -hmm. or things from the movie. I really love that they waited till the Christmas episode to pull in a similar story from the first movie. Absolutely. That was great. You know, that was a great. And, yeah. yeah, you know, that was, you know, so they've done stuff like that uh, along the way that, uh, you know, that I've I've really enjoyed and found really good. But just the you know watching the growth and almost you know going backwards of of rigs uh the family stuff for Murtaugh is is kind of fun sometimes you know some of those conversations i liked i liked everybody uh freaking out about you know his wife being <laughs> sort of on vacation after quitting her job and <laughs> she's just <laughs> running around jogging and, like, and living her life <laughs> she's just like just just taking some time for herself and, uh, and you know, that would, you know, they have some fun there on, uh, you know, those types of things, but they've, but along the way they've hit on different, uh, you know, storylines that, you know, sort of pull from, uh, you know, some of the movies. And, mm -hmm. uh, I really like that they are Riggs is evolving. So he's not, it's not just a procedural, which I think some people feel like it, it is. And to a degree, I guess it is. But his character is evolving. Like he's still trying not to drink, and he's 
you know, he did eventually quit drinking as much and he's now had a relationship before he had a one night stand, but now he's actually having a, a second date, so to speak. So his like his life is moving forward. Yeah, and even I'm, if it's and I'm a big than... fan of you know Hillary Burton in anything. That's uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I I think she's she's great, uh, and uh, especially playing you know some of these uh, characters like this as uh, here she's a DEA DEA agent coming in and and so that to be a potential you know reoccurring character there for you know a bit mm-hmm. and uh, you know somebody that. You know, like Riggs takes a little bit of a liking to, but still is dealing with, you know, what does that mean for, you know, <laughs> he's still where, you know, he went out and got the, you know, the replacement wedding ring because he's still, you know, he's still not ready to, you know, completely move past that uh, yet. And just a lot of stuff in there that's, that's very interesting to watch. And they, they didn't. I, the other thing I also like is that, although I'm interested that they did it in that they waited kind of deep into the series before they even hinted at a potentially bigger, like that there's a bigger thing out there mm-hmm. with that one drug dealer, you know, and, yeah, absolutely. and the cartel and that, that it may actually be some connection to what happened to his wife uh, and things. Uh, so it, they didn't, you know, they didn't set that up, you know, at the beginning. Uh, they waited a little bit into the series because uh, that was one of the things I found interesting in the beginning is it really did feel like a throwback uh, is there wasn't, other than just ongoing story of these people's lives, there wasn't, you know, uh, like an end goal type of thing or or some big mystery or something like that that was the thing that held the whole thing together. Mm-hmm. So that they sort of tangentially hit on this in like one episode and then have only maybe, you know, mentioned it like one other time uh, so far here in 16 episodes. I find that kind of interesting that they're, you know, it just leaves that there is a little something bigger out there. But for the most part, we're following these people and how they're dealing with things. And then we get a case of the week within that. And, uh, you know, sooner or later, another case is going to come back around and connect somehow. Yeah, and I Again. like that the partnership is not 100% solid. I mean, Murtaugh still thinks about leaving him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's still it's still an option on the table. They're, they're friends, and they get along, and they'll be there for each other, but he's still got his eyes open, and you can tell there are times where he just wants to be done with him. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's, there's that, and they're still growing that. Uh, I did feel like they kind of put them together. They almost felt like they were too close as a team, like too soon. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, in, in the show. But I think that was just cause like they felt like they needed that dynamic. Like, cause that's the thing mm-hmm. that it, it got there a little too, a little too quickly in the beginning, but now it seems more, you know, they've gone sort of back and forth and, you know, like they had him recently or like in this one, you know, entertaining the possibility of quitting and taking a security job at the college, you know, and, uh, you know, but I like, you know, they come around and his wife is like, you know, I want to do what you do. I want to do, you know, go to work and do a job that I love doing. And, you know, it does sort of bring him back around that, you know, he loves being a cop. So, I, you know, how serious was he? But it still, he does entertain those things every time. 
you know, something sort of crazy happens. But then also other times he like is totally on board <laughs> with, doing, with mm -hmm. like doing something crazy too. So uh, that it like, it like drags him out of his sort of, you know, the old, uh, you know, curmudgeon -y, you know, type of, <laughs> you know, potential cop. I like the, was it, was it this episode where, uh, where the, uh, where the boss points to like some old detective doing some paperwork. Yes, yeah, yeah. You could be that guy. He's yeah. still work here in the ninety. And he's like, he loves it, and then he just kind of waves, and you're like, does he? <laughs> you're not quite sure. Uh, but yeah, I just, uh, I just really like the show. I wish they would tamp down some of the, some of the outrageous stuff that they do uh, on occasion, just just a little bit. Because it it takes something that feels like it's in reality and pulls it out of, uh, for me. Because uh, the rest of it seems, like, wholly plausible. <laughs> and then they do something unbelievably crazy that you go, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> but, well, I mean, it is it, also, like, that is part of the throwback. Yeah, it is. It the, goes for you know, the, the absurd every now and yeah, then. The, the, the uh, yeah, the big action type of... Uh, type stuff. Uh, but it, it doesn't do it that often. You know, it's not like it's happening every episode. So it, it's not, uh, and there's, no. way, there's <clears throat> way more of the other, you know, of the other stuff that's, that's great and fun about the show that uh, those things, they don't bother me for long. <laughs> you know, like they bother me a little bit there in the moment. And then, you know, we kind of move along because, uh, you know their reaction afterwards <laughs> is uh, is fun, but uh, but yeah, Lethal Weapon. If you didn't, you know, if you didn't give it a try because you were like Aaron was originally, yeah, maybe you should go back and and rethink that because it's actually been uh, a lot of fun. And as we mentioned in the new segment, really glad that it's going to be coming back for another season. Yeah, because I need rigs to get with that shrink and stop messing with the FBI agent. <laughs> well, That's what my wife was really pulling for. She's really mad that he's with this FBI agent. So. I think that the way it sets up, especially if you go at, you know, like from the movies and stuff like that, that that's sort of in-game type of stuff or it's something that you get to sooner or later. Uh, but I'm I'm perfectly fine with the with Hillary Burton's character uh, on on the show right now. So... Uh, we can, we can just, I, I can just agree to disagree with your wife right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Jordina. What I tried to tell her was I'm like, that's a great concept, but I think she'd lose her license if they hooked up. So yeah, even on a TV show. Yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, something, you know, potentially down the road, like when he's not, you know, maybe he is a little bit better and maybe he's not seeing her, you know, mm -hmm. like weekly. Uh, and, uh, and things like that, that, uh, but, but yeah, that's, uh, that's lethal weapon. And we'll move on to the last show on the list, uh, which is Riverdale, uh, season one, episode five, chapter five, heart of darkness. <laughs> and, uh, we've talked a, a little bit about the show so far. We talked about it on the, uh, uh, last week on the podcast as well. Uh, and so Tina, I want to know is, is like Claire, is this the show you didn't know you that you needed? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I 
I can't believe how much I love this show. I, I, I haven't even thought about the Archie comics in years since I was, you know, reading the, the comic strips back in the day when I was a kid. Um, and I never really read any of the comic books. It was mainly the comic strip that I used to read. And this CW show has turned out to be really a quality piece of TV. Um, I am impressed with the cast. I, I After I watched the first couple episodes, I looked them up on IMDb, and some of them are really new. Yes, yeah, so have like almost no other... <laughs> Almost no other credits. Almost like no this other is credit, their one yeah. credit, and I, it just shocked me because I think they're all performing solidly, and um, they pretty much hooked me in the first episode. And it's it's very, I would say, sort of Gossip Girl meets Twin Peaks kind of thing. It's Riverdale is a dark place to live. <laughs> Um, it's really twisted. The The kids are kind of a mess, but the adults are even more of a mess. Yeah. Like there's still the a lot of them are still holding like grudges all the way back from a high school and things like that. Yeah. And, uh, and then we find out in this episode that one's holding a grudge all the way back to like something that happened between great, great grandfathers between two. Yeah. Families, you know? <laughs> it's the Coopers and the Blossoms are, um, they don't get along at all because of their family history and with maple and it has to do with maple syrup. Yeah. When you, you know, <laughs> when your ancestors are killing each other over maple syrup, it's going to, you know, set up an ongoing feud between your families, apparently. Right. And then it, it, it sort of turned the spotlight to Hal Cooper as the possible killer of Jason Blossom, which feel like when you find something out like that in episode five, there's no way he's going to actually be the killer. But <laughs> Yeah, he's covering for somebody or something or uh, – yeah, it it does – you go, okay, so is he it or is he like covering for the other unseen daughter of the – you know, is he covering for his wife? Uh, did he actually do it? Uh, is he covering for somebody else for some reason that we haven't uh, seen? Uh, the thing I like about the show – is the way an episode leads to some sort of revelation and it, it changes what you're thinking about, you know, the, the murder of Jason Blossom, uh, you know, it adds new details in here and there about where people were and who, who could possibly be, you know, at odds with different people. You know, we found out that Jason wasn't the, necessarily the great guy that his sister has made him out to be, you know, in a previous episode, we've now find out that he was also in, into music. And so he may have had a similar <laughs> connection with the music with teacher Ms. Grund as, with Grundy. Yeah, as, as Archie did. So there's like, you know, something there. And this episode we found out that, let's see, um, what was it that he um, he like weeks after he started dating Polly, he started changing. Yeah. And that um, we, we also found the- out that they were engaged. You know, we, yes, never, we did. you know, we also found out that 
apparently Polly had tried to, you know, hurt herself and that's why they sent her away. I'm trying to be very careful now because Jason, (laughs) I, I, um, a couple of weeks ago, I actually went to Vancouver and visited the set of Riverdale (laughs) and I have, I have, so you're a couple episodes watched, ahead? <laughs> yes, I have watched through episode seven. <laughs> and, so, and so I'm trying to be very, very careful here. Uh, this episode, it started off with that with that dream, that Cheryl Blossom dream or nightmare or whatever you want to call it. Like her in that gothic red dress. And she sees her brother, who's um, very much looking like a zombie, like it could be The Walking Dead. Um, and the episode is also based around his memorial service. And something that I liked about this chapter five is the connection that Cheryl and Veronica made. Um, because you, they were natural enemies, even though they don't really know each other because Veronica is new to the school. But Veronica trying to be the the better person these days, not the way she was when she lived in New York. She decided to try to make uh, just <laughs> and then try got, to make friends with Cheryl, and then Cheryl ended up inviting her to the most awkward dinner ever. <laughs> <laughs> I just it, I, I'm just in, stunned at the fact that Cheryl's mom is so mean. Yeah, she's so mean. <laughs> and the dad was no, you know, no great shakes either. Uh, I like that we, I like that we continue to see that uh, while Cheryl is sort of like, you know, the bitch running the high school, you know, as the <laughs> the head of the cheerleaders and stuff like that, she's not just that. And they've shown like there's her, more to her. They showed her family life, and you could totally buy that her brother was trying to fake his death and get out of town, uh, you know, get away from that family. Uh, and, and, and he was the golden boy of the family yeah. and she, she was the black sheep basically. And she's the one that has stuck around. I don't know how, cause they are awful to her. <laughs> yeah. And so, and, and then, so Veronica, like getting to, uh, to see even more of like what her family life is like. Uh, I liked her thing, you know, like, can't we at least be like frenemies or something like that? Like if, if we keep going at each other, it's, you know, like mutual assured destruction uh, type of thing. So, you know, can't we try to be friends? And so uh, she invites it her over. It was a very mature move. Yeah. She invites her over and then she's like, why did you invite me? And she's like, you know, and she says, well, you, you know, when I had my nervous breakdown or, you know, panic attack, you were the only one that like, you know, came after me. You know, none of my other friends did or anything. And so they've actually taken that character and given her some depth that she's not totally the terrible person that she puts on at, you know, even though she is pretty terrible a lot of she's the time. She's pretty terrible. At school. But but, but it's given, all relative now yeah, that we see her parents. Yeah, they've given a good basis for why she's messed up, you know, why she might be. It's not just you know, uh, you know, sort of the, the normal type stuff, uh, the whole murder mystery thing of, and how they keep revealing parts of it, uh, it has been interesting. Uh, there's, you know, other interesting things happening with, you know, some of the adult characters as well. Well, first of all, I like how the, well, except for Cole Sprouse, who plays Jughead, I mean, we really don't know a lot of these other, um, teen actors, 
or the actors playing the teens. I don't know if they're teens in real life. I doubt it. Um, but the yeah. adults, you know, the adults, we all, we know most of them. I mean, maybe not the Blossom parents, but, you know, you have Luke Perry playing Fred Andrews. Yeah, I think that's my favorite part is that Luke Perry <laughs> is still playing younger than he actually is, even <laughs> as an adult. <laughs> because he's literally like seven or eight years older than all of the other characters that he was supposed to have gone to high school with, like in real life. Uh, so, it, you know, it kind of makes a, it, it still makes sense just like back in the 90210 days. Yeah. And there's Machen Amick, who is Betty's mom and Lachlan Monroe, who is Betty's dad. He's been in everything under the sun. Um, so I love, that's another Marisol Nichols who plays Veronica's mom. She's been on everything. Um, so I, I love that aspect of the show as well. But um, one thing with the memorial service is I did like um, how Cheryl basically took over. I mean, she had a pep talk from Veronica um, who told her that she can say whatever she wants about her brother. You know, she can't let her mom silence her, basically. Um, and then she told the story about how the um, – they use, she used to demand to have separate birthday parties because, you know, they're twins. They were born on the same day. But she used to demand that they have separate birthday parties. But then one year he convinced her to have a shared birthday party. And that's because he found out that nobody wanted to come to her birthday. So this was a way to get around that. So that he he used to protect her and that she wished that she protected him. That was a that, yeah, that was a good moment, I think. Um, yeah. You learn a lot about you learn but a lot about a, Cheryl, but also in a very <laughs> Cheryl way, where everybody else is dressed in yeah. black and she comes down in like this white, this you know totally white dress, uh, and just you know totally stands out in the crowd with the you know the bright red hair and the white dress. Everybody else is wearing black. Uh, yeah, ends up you know uh, getting herself in some trouble, uh, but within that that whole. Uh, creepy thing with uh with uh betty uh and jughead you know like snooping do you, around do you Jason's mean, room. do you mean nancy do you mean nancy drew and one of the hardy boys yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know snooping around you know jason's room and then what is it was it is that the the grandmother yeah, the grandmother in the wheelchair who turns out to be kind of blind and thinks uh that uh betty is polly and then they find out, like, that was all just super creepy, you know? It was so creepy. Uh, but, you know, gave you the information, you know, more information about them having been, you know, engaged. engaged. And uh, the whole, you know, the whole sort of small town-ish aspect with, you know, hints at sort of a throwback to, you know, like, <laughs> the original stuff, but yet in a modern, yet still modern uh, but this also like film noir murder mystery aspect to it. Uh, they've they've like mixed a lot of things into this, and it it came out way better than I could have ever expected it to. Way better. I, I'm pleasantly surprised, and I, I, I remain pleasantly surprised week after week. Um, yeah, the way that it unfolds though is one of those type of things that makes me wonder. Once they solve, you know, the Jason Blossom case, like then, 
what became what becomes the thing that continues that narrative style of dropping new knowledge and finding out new mis- you know things about some mystery or about people. But well, for, at this point, right I now, really hope that there, there's a season two. Yeah. So, <laughs> but but for right now, at least for a season, I think they're doing, you know, they're doing a really good job. Agreed. And they in this episode, our chief it was trying to split his time between music and football. Um, Valerie from the Pussy from Josie and the Pussycats set him up with this songwriter professor that. Archie Hope would be his mentor as he takes on this whole music music thing. And um, that guy was played by Raul Castillo from Gotham and Looking, and um, that didn't go too well. But, Jason, did you see that they're, they're, Archie and Valerie were yeah. giving each other looks? They were giving each other yeah. looks. Which was and, – and his uh... – his dad seemed to be uh, kind of uh, happy about that, uh, but also like you're like didn't isn't it basically like maybe a week or yes. less like in the storyline from when uh, his his relationship with Miss Grundy blew up? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, things move well, pretty fast a, in Riverdale, Arch, apparently. Archie's a yes, Archie's a teenager. He moves on. He moves on quickly, um, but yeah, that was interesting to me. We'll see how that plays out. Um, what else? Oh yeah, but then Archie and Reggie were vying against each other for captain of the football team. Um, yeah, I like that. Uh, he decided, like, yeah, I still want to play football. Like, I love playing football, yes. but not, not as much as he does. Like, yes. for him football is like music is for me uh but i also hate sort of like the storyline of like the you know the music teacher that is basically the teacher that is teaching because you know it's like those who can't teach type of thing he's almost like that style of teacher <laughs> yeah. like and and do you mean this mentor do you mean this mentor yeah, guy the, the, men, the potential mentor and he's because he's basically like giving that like if you're not like spending like every waking moment you know like working on your right. music then you're not really and i'm just like well that's crap like no <laughs> you know, he's a he's a teenager come on you know the, they that, have a lot to deal with that's uh you know that that's you know and I, so i'm not going to be able to work with you because you know you're also playing football or whatever type of stuff and you're just like <laughs> and, and to me i'm also like football is what like 14 weeks you know, 15 <laughs> weeks, maybe if you go into the 15, 16 weeks, if you go into the playoffs, like in high school football, like really like that, a few weeks of that out of a year is, is going to be the thing that if you're going to do that, then they can't, you know, uh, that's, that's so true. Those type of, those type of things <laughs> bother me, but I did like that, then, you know, he, that he recognized that, but then still wanted to play. Uh, I like that he gave the Jersey to, uh, uh, Jason's mother because I always oh my God, found that it, awkward moment. I always found it super weird that the coach would hand the jersey number of a kid that was just murdered, found murdered, like at the end of the summer, to another kid to to wear for the season. I'd be like, wait, what? Uh, that was ridiculous. That that never made any sense to me to begin with. Oh, like, but Jason, what about what about that weird moment where? 
she strokes Archie's hair. Yeah, because and he's also says, a redhead. Yeah, so that reminded her of Jason. Yeah. <laughs> and then she sort of snaps back uh, to it. Uh, but at least he got rid of that jersey. Like, I, that was the weirdest, the weirdest thing. Why are you wearing the dead kid's jersey playing football? Like, that... That would so be put aside, especially if he was the team captain before, you know, like (laughs) you would, you would not still be using that number going into the new season. That was, uh, that was a little ridiculous. So I'm glad they fixed that. That was fun. Uh, And then Fred, Fred and Hermione, um, there was some awkward moments because he clearly wants to date her and she's kind of pushing back. Even she's though they had that date at the married. drive-in. Yeah, she's still yeah. technically married. And he's like, but didn't you uh, – wait. Um, yeah. But, yeah, they've got some, uh, you know, some interesting dynamics there between the – between those you – know, all, yeah, I mean, all they the different dated, families. Uh, right. They dated I, I back like, in the day. I do like from a previous episode uh, that they paid off the mayor – to you know, for her like re-election campaign, and I'm like, how much money does it take to stay mayor? <laughs> like, how smallish, biggish, medium sizes is mean, this community? Do you mean Mayor Robin Givens? Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then that whole South Side Serpent storyline is also kind of affecting the adults and. They yeah, gave, well, that's, that's another they thing gave, that made me think, like, how big is this town if there's a south side that's like the, you know, the other side of the tracks? It's like the bad side of town. I feel like every time I hear about the south side serpents, I think of the outsiders and it's like the socias versus the greasers. I just get that kind of feel on this show. Yeah, it was. That uh, they're, they're the other side of the tracks, you know. And then who is it that's playing the. The leader of Skeet, Skeet, Skeet Ulrich. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Skeet I Ulrich. Even, is, I didn't even recognize him. At yeah, first. and he's Jughead's dad. Yeah, and then until you until that scene where you find out that he's Jughead's dad, and then I'm like, wait, I know, that. <laughs> I recognize him. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, but yeah, it's been a. Well, they gave, yeah they gave Hermione a snake. They left a snake at Pops for her, and that was just a message because her husband had been had um, owes the serpents money or yeah, something like that. Yeah, because apparently she didn't keep enough of that uh, suitcase of cash to pay right. him off. <laughs> I think that'll do it for Riverdale, and we'll move on to our uh, our TV recommendation segment. Uh, first up, I have a recommendation this week. Uh, I watched the first episode of ABC's Time After Time, which uh, premieres uh, on Sunday, March 5th. Uh, Is that good? I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm interested in that it's not set up as that, you know, they come to the future, but he doesn't meet a cop. So it's not like a cop procedural type thing. So I'm interested to see... It does have the feeling, again, of a show that for a season while they're chasing Jack the Ripper, but like <laughs> how long could you continue to do that? You know, like what's like so many shows these like, days, like, like what's the end game there? But at least for a while, I think uh, I think it it works. I like how they introduce the uh, the characters. I like how ha- for the most part, I thought they did a good job of of them from. 
coming into the dealing with the future in a few places it felt like things like obviously they're smart guys but it felt like a couple of things maybe happened like they figured some things out a little too fast uh but for the most part i thought they did a good job with that i like uh, both of the leads and you know also the actress who's the museum curator uh that you know is dealing with these guys keep popping out of an exhibit and given where the end of the first episode goes it for me it worked on the level of at the end of the first episode i wanted to watch the second episode it hooked me enough that i wanted to watch the next episode now like not later uh i was super disappointed that even though ABC is premiering it with two episodes on Sunday that they've only put one out for review, but I really, I, I'm, I'm actually going to a screening of episode two tomorrow. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that, yeah. Well, maybe they will put it out, uh, you know, beforehand. Right. Uh, too. But, uh, but so far they hadn't. And, uh, but yeah, I was, I was sucked in by it. I think the two leads are really good. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to more. I think it's definitely uh, worth checking out. Uh, now I'm trying to trying to think at uh, what is the what is the ABC show that from a season or so ago that uh, that had forever yeah forever. forever it has it has a little bit of a forever vibe you know with the uh, although you know in this case it's he doesn't have all that knowledge of living for years or whatever but he's sort of a man out of time. Uh, type of aspect you know they there is sort of a you know the potential romance angle and then if you happen to be a fan of the books and things like that they're throwing in things where you're basically watching him live the life that he ends up writing about you know in the you know in some of the the books and stuff that that he ends up writing and so uh, that's, you know, that's kind of an interesting aspect if you're a fan, you know, if you're a fan of those, uh, stories as well. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I definitely think it's, uh, it's worth checking out. Awesome. So, uh, Aaron, what's, uh, what is your recommendation this week? Uh, well, it's, since you do all TV, I'm going to go with, uh, Santa Clarita Diet on Netflix. If you haven't watched it yet, it's done. the entire first season is already out there. I know it's been out for uh, probably about a month now, but I still don't hear anybody talking about it or not many. And I love it. Drew Barrymore plays a, a wife, a suburban <laughs> real estate wife who ends up just one day wanting to eat people. And, uh, her husband is Tim, Timothy Oliphant. You might remember from Justified. He's a completely polar opposite of that character, and you know he's not, he's not Raylan in this show at all. He's not cool, and she's she's basically trying to find out what's wrong with her. You know, is she a zombie? What is she? Because she's not technically alive, but she's also uh, not technically dead, and she loves to eat people. And so he's the wife or he's the husband trying to keep the marriage together. And their their daughter is just a constant uh, thorn in their side going through normal teenage stuff while also realizing that her mom might eat her at any time. And uh, as the show goes on, it just gets crazier and crazier. It's very much like a comedic Dexter. So if you're a fan of comedy and you're a fan of Dexter it's a I I really really loved it and Timothy Oliphant who I love and justified Raylan 
Givens is one of my favorite characters on TV ever. And he is such a 180 from his, from that, that it took me by surprise. And it just, it's so endearing and great. I love the show. Santa Clarita, Clarita Diet is on uh, Netflix. So, Yeah, it's uh, one, it's, it's on my list to check out. I think, uh, Kyle, I think Kyle recommended it a, a couple episodes back uh, on the podcast as well. So it, at least here on TV Times 3, we're uh, continuing to recommend it. <laughs> so, there you go. So I guess that means you better get on it. It keeps moving up my list to get more, uh, more and more uh, recommendations for that. I believe Kyle recommended Time After Time last week on the podcast as well. So uh, uh, some, <laughs> some, some doubling up on the, the recommendations here. So some shows to to take a take a look at uh, but i'll we'll... recommend uh prison break even though it's not out yet i don't care <laughs> it'll be fantastic <laughs> i'm sure it will that that uh i'm i'm gonna watch <laughs> it doesn't even matter it's sort of like 24 Absolutely. like i'm totally yep. totally gonna watch it uh all right and uh tina what is what is your recommendation this week uh, my recommendation is season one of ABC's The Catch. Season two starts Thursday, March 9th. So there's still a little bit of time. There's only 10 episodes to binge. Um, when it originally aired last, I think it was spring, I basically avoided the show. It was like another Shondaland show. So I, we've had so many of those. So I kind of just purposely avoided it. <laughs> Um, but for some reason, I decided to give it a shot. Oh, oh, I know why. Because first of all, Gina Torres is joining the show in season two, and I, what? Yeah, yes. So yeah. Oh, you know, she left. She left Suits, and I was I was still heartbroken at that. And then I heard she's joining the catch. So I figured I would give it a shot. And so one weekend, I. Ended up binging the first season, and it wasn't a difficult task because I it just I would finish one, it would make me want to go to the next one, and I can't believe how much I ended up enjoying it. It stars Murray Enos from The Killing, and you remember her from The Killing? It was, she was very sort of kind of a dark, depressing. Yeah. She smiles character. so big in this show. Like, yeah. <laughs> And then, and then you see her on the catch, and she's totally different. She's it's it's a glamour. It's kind of a glamorous show. It's smart. It's fun. Um, she plays a like a, the head of a private investigator firm. Uh, she's a private investigator that heads her own firm with uh, a friend of hers named Valerie, and um, she's pretty badass and takes no prisoners except for the fact that her fiance ends up being a con artist and, and cons are out of a lot of money and targeted her company and everything like that. And I, I was a little weary at first with that. I was like, Oh, I don't want to see, you know, just this woman destroyed by this guy or whatever, but it turned out to be more than that. Um, it, just, it sets off the cat and mouse, you know, back and forth. Uh, of you know trying to track down you know these these con artists and you've you know over time you find out more about the con artist and yeah and which find out that you know while he ended up taking her stuff he also fell for her so there's 
He did, and that's 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 the part that that the the romance angle. The romance angle is the is what is what got you. Uh, I really, it, it kind of really did, and I'm it. not even a fan of I'm not even a fan of romantic comedies ever. <laughs> but and I I usually avoid them on TV too. But for some reason, this totally got me. I like that there was a relationship there. I like that she loves him, even though, and she wants to believe in him, even though he's. I'm not going to say he's a bad dude because he's sort of a reformed bad dude. Um, but I don't know. There's, I mean, there's, there's really good chemistry between those two. The people that she works with, there's, there's some in-house romances as well that I think they have a lot of chemistry, and the entire cast is solid. Uh, it also stars Sonia. It, Peter Krause is the con artist fiance. Let's see, Sonia Walger is in it. I mean, they even had a little, like, a recurring role with Mrs. Padmore from Downton Abbey, okay? <laughs> the cast has been great. The cast is great. Uh, it turned out to be a lot of fun, too, I think. Yeah, the, it's the, so the whole, much fun. I really, I really dig the sort of con artist sort of type storylines type things, you know? like I don't, and that's, that's – I usually that's avoid con artists. See, that's the aspect that got me, you know, sort of the uh, – you know, maybe not as – you know, sort of madcap wacky or something as leverage, you know, kind of got at times, but. Oh, right. No, it's a little bit. These uh, it's, it's more of, you know, some long cons going on and, you know, the sides playing against each other, you know, who's going to one up the other person. I, I, I really uh, enjoyed that aspect uh, of the show. And so, yeah, I would, uh, I would endorse your, uh, your recommendation as well. Yeah, and I like the way the season ended as well, and it provides a really great jumping-off point for season two. And in addition to Gina Torres, which should be a major selling point for people if they want to um, binge season one and and start in on season two, um, T.R. Knight is going to be playing Murray Ennis's brother on the show. Um, he hasn't been part of Shondaland in a while. Um, also, Warren Christie apparently is going to be uh, going to have some sort of recurring role starting in episode four. Warren Christie from Alphas and Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce and Eyewitness. So um, I love him. So that's another great addition. So I think they're really, um, I think season two is going to be a really um, solid season. So I'm looking forward to it. So I, I urge people to catch up on the first season and then jump right into season two. Yeah, and uh, I'll just say, like I said, I would uh, also endorse the, this recommendation. If you watched the first season and you liked the show, then I'd also recommend, as I did last week, checking out Imposters on Bravo. I have to do that, or yeah. If you're watching Imposters on Bravo right now and you're enjoying that show and you never watched The Catch, you might want to check out The Catch uh, as well if you like those uh, those style, those style of shows uh, that have uh, both, you know, a con artist and a romance angle to, <laughs> to the show. As yeah, I well. like I like I like both elements. So the, it, it really works out. There's a you know, there's some danger. I love they've got this firm called the Kensington Firm um, that's sort of ominous and out there and trying to make things hard for the two lead characters. So that's good. We'll see how that plays out in season two. All right, that uh, that'll do it for our recommendations, and uh, that'll. Uh, do it for uh, this week's podcast. As always, you can find uh, links with uh, more information 
about our recommendations as well as uh, the news stories we talked about and also uh, where you can find Aaron and Tina online uh, in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 359. Uh, next week, uh, Amory will be back with me, and then we'll be joined by Kurt Wagner from tvshowpatrol.com, and we'll be doing our uh, <laughs> spring TV preview episode where we'll, you know we might talk a little uh, prison break and uh, all the other many things. There's always something new coming, <laughs> and... So Find we'll be, out how he's alive. How yeah, is he alive? Yeah, that's what I want to know too. I want to know how 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 did he die and end up in a prison on the other side of the world. Uh, but we'll be uh, talking about you know all the different shows that are are coming here in the next uh, you know March, April, May. Got a whole. The arrangement is so good. The uh, arrangement is so good. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> there you go. A preview for our preview right there. Yeah. Uh, thank you again, uh, Aaron and Tina, for uh, joining me on episode uh, 359. Thank you. Thanks a lot thank for you. having me. Thank you.